Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Focusrite Pro Podcast. This is a monthly show where we dive into the cutting-edge technology behind professional audio products. My name is Dan Hughley and I'm the U.S. Marketing Manager for Focusrite and Focusrite Pro. Today we're recording from Focusrite's U.S. office in El Segundo, California. On the show today, I'm joined by Tim Carroll, CEO of Focusrite PLC, as well as Rich Nevins, Vice President of Focusrite Pro. And we're going to get an overview of who Focusrite Pro is as a brand. Let's get started. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, Tim Carroll, CEO of Focusrite PLC. We have Rich Nevins, Vice President of Focusrite Pro. Uh, And I'm Dan Hughley, U.S. Marketing Manager for Focusrite and Focusrite Pro. Uh, Glad you guys could join us here today, guys. Thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, no problem. Um, And this is going to be our first episode, so we're really excited about that. Um, We have uh, a lot of great content that's going to be coming in the next uh, couple of months. And uh, But first, I just kind of wanted to start out with uh, talking about who Focusrite Pro is. And um, I think to get that, the first question that, that I'd like to ask you both, um, you're both relatively new to Focusrite and to the organization as a whole. Um, and uh, I just wanted to get an idea of why um, you decided to, to change your career path and, and choose to uh, be a part of the Focusrite family. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. This is Tim. Uh, so first, uh, I've known Phil Dudridge, the, uh, um, the chairman of our company and the founder for, uh, for a number of years. Uh, back when I uh, started with uh, DigiDesign, uh, it was, uh, Pro Tools was really just taking off and, uh, and becoming uh, the standard people were using. And we were a, still a pretty small company, and we were kind of presented with a problem, which was uh, we had so much we wanted to do on the software development side. Um, we needed a, a really great partner um, to help us uh, flesh out our hardware portfolio. And we uh, kind of searched uh, high and low, and Focusrite name uh, came uh, to, the, to the, you know, the top of the, uh, of the pile, if you will. Um, and, uh, and so we started a relationship. Um, Focusrite helped DigiDesign with the, uh, um, the first inbox, which I think probably in terms of uh, if you just look at the, uh, the history of the audio interface world, was probably the first marker in terms of like a product that you would say was just a mass success. Um, and that did really well. And so having Focusrite's hardware chops and uh, their scale and their uh, ability and, and where the, the legacy they came from in terms of the mic pre's and the hardware, this made good sense for us. And that, that um, project went so well that we, uh, um, we ventured on a couple of other ones too. Uh, uh, the first Control 24 was a, a product with Focusrite and a couple other uh, control services. So um, I got to know Phil and the organization really well. And, um, you know, over that, uh, after that period of time, uh, we both, our businesses both kind of went in different directions, but we maintained a, uh, um, you know, a relationship and stayed in touch. And uh, so uh, for me, um, uh, I've always known the company and had a high respect for Phil and the company and where he took it. The, uh, the opportunity came when uh, the, uh, the previous CEO was uh, announced his retirement, and uh, I, uh, I heard about this and uh, just gave Phil a ring and just asked him what was going on with that. And uh, he told me and said, you know, asked me if I would uh, be interested in uh, um, packing my bags and moving to the UK, putting my name in the hat um, for the job, and I said, sure. Uh, I think uh, 
after meeting the uh, the company and uh, and, and just seeing uh, where uh, the company was, it was a really exciting time. Uh, you know, Focusrite had established itself as a, a really great brand in the world of audio interfaces. And on the Novation side, uh, the company was just really coming into its own in terms of uh, really being a strong brand in, in the electronic music side. And that really appealed to me coming as a keyboard player and a musician myself. Uh, and I really liked where the company was and the uh, just the overall uh, direction that uh, that they were going and uh, how much opportunity there was in the market. Uh, and the people were amazing. Uh, I think that was the thing that really, when I went out to the UK um, and, and met everybody, really sealed the deal for me is we're talking about a bunch of people who actually work at the company all day but then go home and actually use the gear. Um, a lot of musicians, uh, a lot of people that are doing uh, music or creative things with audio and they come back and they bring that um into the uh into the livelihood of you know the the direction of the company the products and everything and that to me was uh uh, the thing i was looking for so in terms of next steps for my career you know uh, i felt like the next thing for me was really running a company um and uh and be able to do it in something that uh just seemed like uh there was so much opportunity and so much uh kind of momentum uh was a great was great for me yeah. Oh, that's great. And you've you've been with us about uh, two years, a little bit more. Yeah, I started in uh, January of seventeen. January of seventeen. Oh, great. So you've been through three Nams, two Nams with us. Then I, I remember you yeah. you gave a great uh, a, a great speech, and I, I remember um, feeling very positive uh, when when you got up and talked at Nam, and and you weren't the typical CEO in your shirt and tie. And I believe you pointed that out that you're never going to be that guy. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun listening and, and working <laughs> with this guy. So no, uh, so great. We're we're all really happy you're on board. And uh, and Rich, you have a. a of a very rich uh, background in pro audio as well. Uh, what what drew you to uh, to focus right pro? Well, initially, um, I'd worked with Tim for many years um, over at uh, Digi and Avid, and um, after Tim made the move over there, um, you know, the, the new focus right pro audio over IP interfaces, you know, the red stuff, the red net, the ISA, um, that was really starting to take off in the market. And um, but you know it. For professional customers, it's a little bit of a different sales um, approach there. And um, so I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I've known Focusrite. I'm, you know, one of the older guys that remembers the Focusrite analog consoles in the studio. So had great respect for them, you know, obviously the sound quality of the product. And I think um, just the fact that they were on the cutting edge of this new technology, audio over IP, um, was just on to take off. And, um, you know, we had some experience with it. Um, you know, just some of the through some of the interfaces that Avid offered, but it seemed like Focusrite was doing it on a much you know larger scale. So it was really attractive to me. And uh, Tim and I talked, and it seemed like you know a good idea to um, you know put a bit, little bit more focus onto the pro side of the business. And that's kind of where I'd lived you know for the last part of my career, most of my career. That's great. Um, so Tim, this is probably a question more for you than for Rich, but what? Um differentiates Focusrite Pro from the rest of the Focusrite uh, portfolio? Yeah, so uh, a a little background there. So when I came on board, um, there was no separate Pro brand. Uh, We had the portfolio of products, but it was primarily being driven through our, uh, our, uh, our retail sales team, which are excellent. I, 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 uh, I consider them uh, uh, best in class, Uh, but there was a fundamental uh, 
issue, if you will, and is the fact that you know uh, what I saw was that our go-to-market strategy, the the, the places that we were uh, selling the products, was not really aligned with the verticals that we were going after. Uh, we were looking at um, really going into post-production broadcast on air and live sound and we were having some success there um but it, it felt like we um in many markets we didn't have the right partners um and we uh we needed a sales team that was very much more focused on more of a direct customer interaction uh, that, that you have in those type of markets versus a retail market where many times you're several steps removed from the end user which is fine for that type, that type of business uh so that, that, that was the first thing, was, was solving that problem. When you come in as a CEO of a new company, you look for, uh, you look for easy wins and the mm-hmm. longer-term problems. And uh, to me, one of the easy wins was, uh, was carving that business off um, and looking for a, a good leader to, uh, to take it over that really knew that market well. And that's why, you know, Rich says that we had many discussions. Well, most of them were me uh, trying to convince him to come on board. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was definitely uh, the right move. And, uh, you know, and he's done a great job of, of bringing a team together that's focused on that. So, you know, to your question, what differentiates us? First, um, you know, we have a team that wakes up every morning and just thinks about that part of the business, um, the audio over IP solutions. That's a big part of it. So a sales team that's focused on that business. Uh, the second piece is that when you look at our portfolio, um, I believe that when you just look at the, the breadth of it, um, no one has um, a portfolio that, that pretty much addresses the totality of, of, of what an end user may need. And, uh, and as we continue to develop the, the portfolio, it, it's not just a matter of making sure we have all the, the hardware boxes that you, know, that you need to, to tick the box. It's also about all the things that actually glue them together. Um, right. So you know, when you look at um, over the past couple of years, uh, we haven't introduced a lot of new hardware products. Mm-hmm. And, and primarily, we, honestly, because there's not many more things that we can bring to market in terms of a solution on there. What we're doing is we're trying to actually bring in all the filler products. Some are hardware sure. and some are software that actually tie the whole thing together. And that's one thing that we actually see as a big differentiator is there's point products from uh, competitors that do the same thing we do. But what we don't see is anybody taking the approach that we have or tying the whole thing together with the individual pieces that actually solve a small piece of the solution but actually fit into the entire workflow and the software that we do I'm really proud of what the team has done uh, around with the Focusrite Pro control software uh, that really ties to, in a very unique and easy way uh, for people to get their facility up and running yeah, I think the new uh, the new control software is quite a game changer. Um, everybody seems to have a very positive response to the to the latest um, software that was released. Uh, so that's that's awesome. And yeah, I, I think that uh, the Focusrite Pro um, uh, client is a little bit different than say a Focusrite or a Novation. It seems to be more of a um, uh, a business to business kind of transaction that takes a little bit more time and a little bit more uh, education. In in my opinion, um, I, I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. I would. Um, you know, in one thing. If, if you go on, you know, since we're a public company, you can go in and you can see the reports that we uh, provide to our stockholders and investors or anybody that's interested in the company. Um, and you'll one of the pages on there is we talk about our customer personas. Um, and uh, we have some very, a very wide breadth of those, if you will. Uh, everything from the absolute beginner, somebody who's downloading one of our Amplify apps and may use it for 10 seconds and never open it again. Sure. 
but there, you know, of those 10 and a half million people, some of them, that's the spark that gets them into music. So everything from that, I've never done this before, all the way to the professional facility. And on that part of the business, you, you really have to have a different mindset. Um, not that music creation and, uh, and enjoying this is not a serious thing for anybody at whatever level, but for a professional this is somebody who wakes up every morning and probably makes their living or depends on making their living on our hardware. And we take that very seriously. It's a bit of a different language, too, when you're talking audio over IP versus, uh, you know, say like a, a Scarlett USB interface. You're, you're talking different languages to sure. each of those different customer groups. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, so it's important. You know, we know that, that a lot of the facilities and people that are deciding on this, this is an investment that they're making probably for the next, you know, eight to 10 years. Sure. Uh, that's what they're, they're, they're depending on this software, not only to solve the problem that they exist now, mm-hmm. but, you know, Every every month, there's a new format, or yeah. there's a new thing being thrown at these guys in terms of how they have to deliver content. You know how fast they have to actually be able to do a production. They want to make sure that whatever they buy today is not only going to fit that bill now, but mm-hmm. into the future. And so uh, that's something that we uh, we try to make sure carries through when they look at the portfolio and how we progress it and what we do with the software and things like that. Uh, with all with all of that being said, um, who is the uh, the focus right? Um, excuse me. With all of that being said, who is the uh, specific Focusrite Pro client? Well, yeah, I think you've got a lot of different market segments um, that Focusrite Pro serves, and each of them have got separate workflows. We have, you know, the education side of the business where, you know, again, a lot of it is about space utilization and being able to move audio anywhere. If we look at, you know, just how media is being consumed, everywhere whether it's your audio or you know movies tv it's going over a network and people are getting comfortable with that professional audio is a natural step for that to move into that same type of topology so you know in addition to yeah it's great that you can network a bunch of boxes and i can send audio from space you know point a to point b um but a lot of it is just about space utilization too Mm -hmm. because it then opens up a lot of p- possibilities in terms of you know if you're a facility that's got a lot of capture spaces and a lot of mixing and editing spaces just being able to qc mixes being able to uh, utilize a voiceover room from a different control room mm-hmm. so when you look at education you look at post-production at broadcast for these type of customers you know the very fact that you're moving audio over a network and the boxes can exist across a network mm-hmm. You know, it's a different type of customer and they need that kind of support where this is what my every one of every one of them is different. Yeah. You know, so how do you address that and how do you do it in a way that they're going to trust it and they know that they're going to be able to, you know, work day to day without with the thing falling over. So, you know, you need to provide that level of integration support. And it's not just on the sales side and specifying the boxes. It's on the technical side of it, too, and giving them the backup and them having the confidence that, yes, this is the company that I want to go with because I feel like, you know, moving to this technology, I'm going to be well supported. The fact that we're, uh, the products are so modular is, is great because uh, I think you just uh, mentioned a little bit of it. Uh, there are no two clients that are the same. Um, you know, even if you have two post-production facilities, their needs are going to be different. Um, and we have a modular approach to that. So we can provide um, various quantities of each of our, uh, our RedNet solutions um, and, we can fill their needs and then it is they're redundant. So you don't have to worry about um, a power failure or a network failure because there's another uh, power supply and there's another uh, network connection. So um, we really 
take care of the customers, I think. And, uh, and I think that's one of the things that sets us apart. But uh, that's something that I was going to ask next. So I guess I segued into my next question. Uh, what differentiates Focusrite Pro from other audio over IP uh, product manufacturers? Well, I think, you know, there's a few manufacturers out, you know, looking at the numbers, there's what, something like 600 manufacturers now. There's yeah. something, with, you know, it's, it's getting really close to 2,000 products with Dante ports on them. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of players in the game now. Um, but I think f- what differentiates us, we got on board with, you know, Dante very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on our second generation of products now. And a lot of it is just about being that trusted supplier. Sure. You know, I think we've got more boxes than anybody else. Uh, that That's possibly debatable. But, you know, we have all of the different formats of digital audio, analog audio, mic pre's. We've got portable, you know, mic pre and headphone amps. And, you, you know, we have the whole skew of products on a Dante to audio interface side. We've also got digital audio interfaces that will hook up to a, you know, to a computer from our Red series. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that really um, differentiates us mostly is just that we are trusted. When you've got that important job that's going out over to you know tens of millions of people, um, whether it's the Times Square you know show uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in New York City, whether it's the halftime show at the Super Bowl, um, they turn to RedNet because they know that it's not going to fall over. It's trusted and it's going to get the job done for them. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to me, um, some of the case studies that I read when uh, I'm putting those together, um, and some of those that I, that we can't talk about, because, you know, our products are in facilities that just simply won't talk about where their products are, but if uh, if some of these listeners knew what that was, they'd be pretty impressed. Um, we have a lot of gear in some very impressive places that we're not allowed to speak about. Um, and speaking of that, where are Focusrite Pro solutions used? Like what verticals um, do you like to represent or do you like to, uh, to talk about or talk to um, when we're talking to our clients? Well, I think some of the ones that we already mentioned, um, uh, I think obviously there's been a move, um, as, especially on the post-production side, you know, we see obviously a big opportunity there um, as, you know, post-production and, you know, television broadcasters move into much more immersive formats, you know, be that Dolby Atmos. Um, with that comes increased channel counts. Mm-hmm. So the entire production chain is now moving from what would have been traditionally, you know, 5.1, 7.1 formats up to all the way up to, you know, potentially 32, 64 channels with home Atmos and theatrical mm-hmm. Atmos. So with that infrastructure, it requires, you know, more interfaces, pumping more channels around. Um, so, you know, post-production has started making that move over to Dante Burst workflows um, for a couple of years now. And, you know, many of the integrators that we talk to, you know, they won't even just look at doing another room that doesn't have um, a RedNet, you know, backbone just because it makes their job so much easier. As you evolve your workflows in post-production, your, your needs may change. And the fact that you can just move boxes around on the network and change the, you know, the allocation of resources is something that goes a long way towards not worrying about, do I have the right number of multi-pairs going from A to B to C to D, right? It's, right. it's with, with networked audio, everything goes everywhere. So that's on the post-production side. And I think, as we said before, on the, on the education side of it, a lot of it too is about, you know, you've got the kids that are doing these performances day on, day out. Yep. That stuff needs to be captured. Oftentimes it gets broadcast out, whether, yep. the, you know, out to the parents being able to watch these things, being able to catch, capture and archive this stuff. So again, networked audio, it just makes that job so much easier. Um, house of worship, you yep. know, you've got 
a broadcast part of the show, you've got a post-production part of the show, you've got the live sound part of the show, mm -hmm. you've got all of these three types of workflow going on um, in different parts of these mega churches sure. that just lends itself to you know having a Dante-based workflow. And then sometimes for holidays, they also expand. You That's know, right. They have to have their Christmas and Easter overflow. It's so easy to run a Cat6 cable and then just add in um, one of our RedNet boxes and some speakers, and, and then there you go. You're, you're easily expanded over a very inexpensive um, uh, transportation device as in a, in a Cat6 cable. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, I think it's also um, it's interesting because you know we we have a bunch of core client you know customers and in, in verticals identified post production on air broadcast live sound this type of things, but we're also finding um, just because this technology is continues to to grow and blossom if you will and expand people's you know ability to do stuff we're finding it in, in places that we hadn't really actually. Uh, conceived that it would end up. Sure. Um, and there, there's a great example of a um, university that's uh, literally two blocks from my house in London uh, that bought RedNet for their uh, their recording arts program, and mm -hmm. they put them in their recording studios for, to do exactly what Rich was talking about. They needed to be able to move audio around from the different rooms. And what was interesting about that is they they bought the gear, and because it's an IT based thing, the uh, the the college, the IT, um, the network people had to actually get involved. And uh, uh, and uh, and bless this, if you will. <laughs> and so, um, what happened was, is uh, uh, they they put this in and uh, and realized that it, how well it worked for the recording studios. And the IT guys realized, well, you know, I'm being tasked to actually move audio, uh, um, you know, around from this lecture hall to this lecture hall, or I need mm -hmm. to actually have this presentation. I need to actually, you know, broadcast it to all these different, you know, areas for people to do this works, I'll just buy this, Yeah. right? Um, and it was interesting because it was a school that I think originally bought maybe a dozen pieces for their, for their actual you know, recording studios, who's ended up with something like 60 mm -hmm. pieces um, to, to route audio for just anything wow. across the entire university. That's pretty amazing. Uh, there's a lot of connected campuses uh, that I've noticed. And, um, and yeah, you know, you, you just mentioned, you know, you never know where it's going to pop up. Um, uh, one of the uh, episodes that we recorded, which will be a future episode, um, we talked about uh, in audio for, um, for, for testing with car safety, you know, um, that, that was uh, an application that uh, a piece of redneck gear was used for. Um, and then, you know, there's some more typical ones that you might not think of. But are kind of obvious, you know. There was a I, I kind of told you guys before we started today about the podcast studio in Brooklyn that that uh, that recently used a lot of different um, uh, Focusrite Pro gear. You might think of you know the Scarlets and the Clarets for for a typical podcaster, but these guys wanted to be able to be modular and move everything around. Um, so great, this is um this is a great product, and I I it it was one of those things. Then and, and this is something we've talked about before is it. it it's kind of one of those things that's hard to grasp what Dante is and what audio over IP is, but when it clicks, it clicks. Um, and that's, that's one of the things with me. Uh, and I talked to our solution specialist and they said, it's as simple as just kind of showing somebody. Um, it's just as simple as it converts in the box and sends the digital signal rather than sending the analog signal to a converter, which, which is 
pretty cool but it, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that when you're used to uh wall boxes and snakes and cables and, and oh all that's that. true and i think that's one of the reasons that we've um you know ted and on, on the on the marketing side is is devoted a lot of time to case studies mm-hmm. uh because there's the okay here's the technical what this what this can do yeah what does that really mean in the real world right. so you know to actually be able to publish some some real success stories yeah. from all these different you know uh you know companies that do post or individual professionals that are you know taking gear back and forth mm-hmm. um, the on air to you know some of the, the the big TV shows and things we've done um, to have the case studies to actually you know talk to what the problem was these people had how we addressed it how it solved it and then actually you know kind of see very tangible benefits of how um, this ended up working out for them is uh you know I think that actually helps people a lot and so you know I would encourage you if, if you uh, if you're really trying to grasp or understand you know how this will help me. Mm-hmm. You know, go to our webpage and, and take a look at those because it's there's it's just chock full of um, of different types of uh, workflows and environments with people using it. There's some great video content as well, and yeah, Ted's done a great job of getting those onto the website, uh, gathering more stories, and uh, uh, and and that's the thing. You know, you know, you can read about yeah, this is what it can do for you, but a lot of clients want to read what it actually did for someone else that's in their a similar situation. You know, if it's a house of worship, or if it's an education facility, or if it's in post production, they want to be able to read and just make sure that uh, that the solution or, or they they find out they they educate themselves through those case studies. Um, well, especially, you know, I think the needs are just changing across all of these different, uh, you know, market segments. And, yeah. you know, the fact that we have boxes now, you know, you, you typically when you think of RedNet, you think about the rack mount interfaces. But mm-hmm. for those type of applications, the ones that are interesting to us, where it's like, oh, what, what a cool use of the technology. You know, we have this little X2P box, right, which is it's a little two input, two output with a headphone amp yeah. in it. But it's powered over Ethernet. Yeah. So the fact so, that you can plug this in anywhere on your network and be able to deploy and capture audio, you know, we're finding people, we've got customers that are ordering tens of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And even for broadcasters, you know, I think especially now that with simply 2110-30, AES67 is the audio part of that. And, of course, Dante is AES67 compliant. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you can now use these boxes and plug them in and use them for any type of broadcast on a application where instead of having your traditional interfaces that would go with a digital console, you can essentially just drop these, plug them into the network, and you know they're compatible with you know any AES67 you know device that may be on the other end. Yeah, yeah, those X2Ps are really cool boxes, and when people find out about those, they're they're very excited. Yeah, it's like the Swiss Army knife of networked audio. It, it really is. It really does everything, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Um, just uh, one more quick question for you guys. What um, What is the future of audio, um, whether it's pro audio, um, MI? Uh, what does that look like with the advancement of audio over IP? Yeah. Um, without well, revealing too much of the <laughs> of the uh, product uh, roadmap. Well, I think, you know, for us... Um, you know, we've got sort of the, the the core boxes, which is your different flavors of audio interface onto a network. And I think what the things that I think make that more enjoyable for the users to get their day-to-day jobs done are those type of things that maybe give them more tactile control, give them maybe more visual feedback. That sort of, it's not just an audio interface that gets onto the network. It adds those other things that maybe would wrap around a DAW or mm-hmm. a console or, you know, that actually add further richness and allows them just a little bit more of an ergonomic interface to help you know, get the job done. So, you know, we'll keep 
adding things to the you know to our red net line which give you that richness and um you know make it um a little uh i guess in terms of user feedback and just tactile control get your job done faster more efficiently and make more money doing it great guys i appreciate your time today is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up um, go rednet yeah exactly go rednet <laughs> oh and and with, and with that i think that's a good place to end so yeah. so tim and rich i appreciate your time today and thanks for coming on the podcast awesome. thank you great. thanks so much bye Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Focus Right Pro podcast. This podcast is produced by me, Dan Hughley, with music by Simon Poulton. For more information on Focus Right Pro, please visit our website at www.pro.focusright.com. <laughs>